0: Good morning, and welcome to O-Reader Synonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, May 27, 2015. Today, we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 6, and we are at page 85, paragraph 1. Today's readers are Michelle H., Julie R., and Deb W. The reference number for Tuesday, May 26, is 7668. That's seven. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting to our own contributions, not soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask
1: Ellen B. to read the 12 steps. Uh, This is uh, Ellen B., compulsive overeater from Maryland, the 12 steps. Number one, uh, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable.
0: Thank you, Ellen. I will now ask Deanna B. to read The Twelve Traditions.
2: Thank you. This is Deanna B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Chicago, The Twelve Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself. In our group conscience, our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, such each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities and their paths.
0: Thank you, Deanna. How our meeting works. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page 85, paragraph 1. I will ask
3: Michelle H. to begin reading. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. This is Michelle H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Missouri. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with <clears throat> me, which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will, and so in that very first um, sentence, um, it's talking about not letting up on my spiritual program of action. And my spiritual program of action, and what the Big Book is referring to, is working steps four through nine. Uh, we're talking still talking about step ten, and so um, why am I headed for trouble if I if I let up on this? Um, Because the greater aspect of my disease is in my mind. And if I don't continue to work these steps, four through nine, taking a daily inventory uh, every single day, um, also connecting with my higher power, accessing that power source, um, for which I found out I was powerless and needed that power, then the obsession of the mind is going to return, and I'm eventually going to pick up the food because I'm not cured. My disease is arrested on a daily basis. I have, you know, each 24 hours. And um, every day it says I must carry the vision of God's will. What's God's will for me? Well, it's the opposite of my self will. Uh, you know, my self will took me into self pity, um, dishonesty, fear, resentment, and um, resentment was the number one offender. And um, and I can't go there today. I need to um, realize that God's will for me is the opposite of those things. Um, to be genuine, authentic, be honest, be real. Um, you know, uh, anger is a luxury for those who can handle it. I can't. I'm, um, I, I need to let go and tap into God and be loving, accepting of others. And a prayer that turns that around for me when I'm recognizing that that's happening, when I'm becoming annoyed or irritated is uh, turning around. How can I best serve thee? Um, well, I want to serve God, but I, I also want to be of service to those I'm around, my coworkers, my spouse. Um, my adult children. What can I put in to the stream of life? I was always used to wanting to see what I could take out of life. And this is the proper use of the will. You know, what does God want me to do? And recently I was um, <clears throat> noticing that I was annoyed and irritated with an assistant at work. And, um, you know, so step 10, you know, I'm looking at it. Well, what's wrong with me? Whenever I'm disturbed, there's something wrong with me. And, you know, I I, I said the prayer, and I tapped into it. And, you know, the process of working Step 10 for me is that if it keeps coming up, then I do need to talk to somebody about it. did take my inventory and see what was my part in it. And it was a wonderful opportunity to learn and to also turn it around. How can I, you know, I, I was being dishonest. I was being jealous. I was starting to compare, you know, not seeing that I am, you know, created by God and that that's good enough. And, and those kind of, that kind of thinking um, can take me back. And so to turn that around into a thinking, you know, what, what do I see that's good? What's the beauty I see in, in this assistant? And, and then how can I be of service to her? How can I help her? It turns it around. These things will, will crop up, and um, I can't afford to do that. I need to work this on a daily basis. And when they crop up, um, you know, take immediate action and, you know, I, I want to be the person that God created me to be, and I can tap into that resource, and that resource is there for me. And as long as I'm working these steps, as long as I'm staying with the spiritual program of action, um, I'm having that spiritual experience. I'm having that personality change, which is gradual, that allows me to exercise my willpower along that line. What is God's will for me today today? How can I be of service to others, and um, to practice these principles in all my affairs? Um, and the principles of acceptance versus not, you know, not judging. The um, also self-acceptance instead of, um, instead of comparison. And these these are the things that I watch for. And um, with God's grace, I, you know, I'm able to do this one day at a time. Thanks. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Michelle. Who would like to share on this
0: paragraph? Press star one to unmute.
4: Jose, oh, from New York, you put me like number four on the list.
0: Okay. Who would like to go before Charles? This is Melissa C. I'd like to share. Okay. Okay, go ahead, Melissa.
5: Hi, good morning. This is Melissa C. I Recovered compulsive overeater in New York and um, you know I was thinking a lot what it means to rest on my laurels and, and I've heard that expression so many times um, but I, I looked it up today and um, you know and it, it, the laurels were the wreaths that were placed on someone who won the victor's head they wore the laurels and um, and I thought about what, what do laurels mean to me what have I rested on um, and, and almost in a same showy way, um, and I thought about you know weight loss and how every time um, believing weight loss was the answer, um, and then I would achieve that outward goal as if that was the only goal. I would rest on that, and um, you know that's uh, that was obviously the big lesson that I was meant to learn over and over and over again that the answers to all of my problems were not found in wearing a body that I could be proud of. Um, but in in being the person, doing God's will, um, that's what I could be proud of. And, um, you know, and so if I'm not of service to, to God, to my higher power, then all I'm serving is my greatest weakness. And that's my disease. And so um, this this compulsive overeating has been very cunning and baffling for me. Um, and um, and always reemerged as soon as I was overly concerned with the vanity, with the ego, with the body. And then I would think things like, well, I did this, and why can't this person? And, and never um, – looking to see that I didn't do this. You know, every time that I've been able to put down food, even when I was battling it, it was never just me doing it, um, because I've never been able to do anything without God's hand in it. And, um,
6: you know, and so today,
5: um, how can I best serve? Thee? Is really the way that I wake up in the morning. I ask, you know, to be shown the way. And you know, in this beautiful world, of course, I've shown opportunities all the time to serve other people. Um, you know, it starts first thing in the morning with my family. I can be a loving example, not the hammer that I used to be. Uh, you know, I would wake up every morning having a temper tantrum and yelling at everybody and and putting out all this anger and venom. And, and then I would have to binge on the way to work because I would feel full of loathing. And, you know, now I wake up in the morning and, um, and there's so many opportunities for me to be of service, to feel God's will. And I can be loving to my family. I don't have to love everything they do, um, but I don't have to point out anybody's flaws either. I don't believe that that's what God intends. And, um, you know, my my place in the world is just to be um, harmonious, loving, positive, and, um and, and God will shape things that, that need to be shaped. And uh, thank you with that idea.
0: Thank you, Melissa. Charles, are you ready, or should I to someone else? Okay, who else would yeah, like well, to share? Yeah, somebody on?
7: else. <laughs>
0: thank you. Who else would like to share on this curve? Rachel, <laughs>
7: Nancy. Seven. Seven. Nancy. Rekefit from California.
0: Okay. I got Rekefit, Nancy, Sally. Was there someone I missed?
8: Vasa O, please.
0: Vasa O. Okay. So the order will be Rekefit, Nancy, Charles H., Sally, and Vasa. Go ahead, Rekefit.
7: Thank you, Katie. Um, my name is RKFIT. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in California or Z. Anyway, I love that this paragraph reminds me that I cannot rest on my laurels because that's what I want to do. I want to rest on my laurels. I don't want to work hard. I just want to be. You know, and I and, and the problem is that my mind starts telling me, oh, you're doing enough. Yeah, you know, you're doing enough for your program. You're helping others enough. You don't have to do more. Just take it easy. Just take it easy. And that is a lie. That is a lie. My head tells me that I can I can just stay in a steady state, and I cannot. I cannot. I have to be growing all the time. I have to be uh, reading and answering questions and thinking about going deeper into myself and helping others. I have to constantly be thinking about those things if I am going to keep the life I live. I mean, it's very simple. Either I have this life and I work hard at it, or I rest on my laurels and I go back to my life in the food, that miserable, miserable, painful life, you know, being 100 pounds heavier than I am today, and who knows, but that would stop, and hating myself, hating my life, not wanting to wake up in the morning, not wanting to do anything, not wanting to get out of bed, just everything being a struggle, everything being a struggle. And today, sometimes the little things are a struggle. Sometimes, oh, I really don't want to get up at 3 o'clock this morning. And I ask myself, how much do I want the life I have today? What is it worth to me to have this life, a fulfilling, happy, for the most part, life that I I love I cannot I cannot afford to forget I cannot afford at all to forget where I come from and what my life will be like in an instant as soon as I pick up that bite and that bite will come if I on my laurels and for me just like it says in the big book to eat is to die to eat is to die that's death for me and um what else was I going to say uh yeah, so I have to do everything that I can. And what the most important thing I have to do is ask God to help me for the willingness. God to give me the willingness. Because there are days. Many days when I don't want to do anything. Oh, gosh, I don't want to have to get up early and listen to the meeting. Oh, gosh, I just don't feel like taking quiet time today. I just don't feel like taking a half an hour of my time to meditate with God. No, I just don't feel like it. And what I have to do in those times, so what I do do is ask God for help with the willingness. God, please, please give me the willingness to be willing right this minute to get up and get ready for the day and get ready for my meeting. Please give me the willingness. To focus today on the meeting, on what people are saying, please give me the willingness to sit quietly with you for a half an hour today. I constantly have to ask God for help for those things because that doesn't come naturally to me. But it comes. When I ask God for help, it comes, and it feels really good. So thank you for letting me share, my I pass. Thank you,
0: Ruth.
9: Nancy, your turn. Uh, good morning. I'm Nancy. I'm a recover compulsive over and and... Uh... This uh, chapter, I mean, this paragraph, just reinforces something that I've really come to uh, to recognize: that the only form of permanence is repetition. Uh, It it tells me I'm not cured, but I get a daily reprieve contingent upon my willingness to do the same thing over and over and over again. And for a compulsive reader like myself, who has had short attention span, restless, uh, It's it, sometimes it's challenging. That's why it's important for me to listen to this meeting, uh, to work with sponsees, listen to them, uh, so that I am reminded on a daily basis the seriousness of what I deal with and the necessity of me buying and preparing the appropriate meals doing uh, prayer meditation, taking that daily ten step. Uh, I, I once taught at an institution out of state, and I, students from all over the country would come. And one day, um, one of my students came to me and explained that she would be late because she had to go and uh, have her chemotherapy. And I was just, I was, I've was i never forgotten that. That's been many years ago. But I was stunned. Here she was uh, in a strange place Pursuing a goal, but yet she recognized that she had a serious illness that she had to tend to. It didn't matter that she was out of state. She had made preparations before. I, you know, she explained to me she had made preparations before she left home to continue her chemotherapy uh, in Massachusetts. And uh, I was, I was so impressed. I said, "Wow!" I, I, I mean, I was just so impressed with this woman that she was so determined. To uh, fulfill her educational goals that she didn't let this stand in her way but yet she was committed to her health and uh, I, you know I, I've, I've never forgotten that and I have to have that same dedication I have to have that same determination that no matter what's happening no matter where I go I'm a compulsive overeater I have to do certain things if I want the results it tells me I'm not cured I have a daily reprieve and uh This meeting helps me so much to be reminded that if you're not cured, Nancy, if you want to keep what God has given you, and he has so mercifully lifted 100 pounds off of me for over 20-some years, if I want to keep that gift, I have to do certain things, even when I don't want to do them. So thank you for letting me share. Have a great day, everybody.
0: Thank you, Nancy. Charles H., you ready?
4: And thank you for your service. Uh, My name is Charles H., a recovered visionary, just for today until 12.01 a.m. tonight. And, uh, you know, don't rest on my laws. Everybody turn to their neighbor. But, nah, Charles, you turn to your neighbor, which is your mind, because, you know, if I'm I'm in your head, I'm out of my mind, which sometimes that happens. Tell yourself, neighbor, don't sleep. Don't sleep on this disease. I can't sleep on this disease. because um, 'cause it'll crack it'll crack me. It'll destroy me. It it I you know, um, yesterday I was four for four from the field. And when I say four for four from the field, all my defects lit up yesterday. Yep, I was selfish, dishonest, um, resentful, and full of fear. And you know why I say that's a hundred percent? I used to say it was zero. The AA twelve and twelve in the ten step tells me. We chalk up a balance sheet, you know, and I was 100% because I admit, right, and if I don't admit, I can't get no help. Here we go with that first step again. If I wasn't crazy where it comes to – I could be good on everything else, but where food is concerned, I'm a nut. Crazy, insane. And, and that leaves the space for a second step, right, and the second step is a setup for everything else. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I was I was uh, resentful. Yeah, and everything was going good. so I tell you every day? Self seeking. I'm self seeking. I'm self seeking every day. If I wasn't self seeking, I wouldn't be on a meeting every day. I, I'm seeking some stuff, right? It's just that I was over self seeking yesterday. Um, I was resentful with 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 my new laptop. Resentful with my iPhone. Uh, you, it don't matter what you could be resentful with. And and, and a ten step and a big everybody say read the book. I I don't know this thing. I don't get it. I don't got it lit. I don't. I just have my nose in that book. So the ten step says continue to watch. So it knows it's letting you know ahead of time, right, right, quick, right up front that it's continue to watch it because you know, Mister Good Share and Charles, you think it ain't gonna come up? Oh, it's coming up. Oh, look for it. It's coming right, with your good share and self every single day with your good share and self. Am I listening? Am I looking at the book? Am I practicing this book? And it it also says, you know, when 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 I look for these things, look for it, ask for forgiveness, and then turn to somebody else you can help. You don't know who's going through something. You know, don't keep. I used to have that that defect of, you know, um, it's covered under the fence. I call it the fence. Everybody say Fantastic Four. Those four defects are amazing. They cover every single action that you could think about under the sun. It's under one of them four. Thank you. Thank God for, for, for the first hundred and Bill W and them for, for coming up with this magnificent, you know, I will complicate a free lunch. I'll complicate a free lunch. This thing is simple, man. Read the book, follow, follow the suggestion, and you will recover. But continue to watch for the Fantastic Four. Watch for it because cause, cause you can bet your last penny it's going to crop up, and when they crop up, we deal with it. When they crop up, I said when they crop up, we deal with it. But but everybody say, don't sleep on your disease. Continue. Don't sleep. You can't rest. I can't rest on my laurels. Because if I do, I'm a dead man walking, dead man talking. Some people dead and they don't even know it. I was dead for so long and don't even know it. But just for today, I got that spiritual awakening that I could do something about these four incredible defects no, knowledge knowledge of them is good but action is even better and with that i pass thanks for allowing me to share
0: okay sally your turn
4: good
10: morning katie good morning a vision for you the sally a in south jersey recovered compulsive overeater okay wow um what I wanted to share this morning is um, this paragraph is an interesting paragraph because it seems to encompass both step 11 and step 12. We, we just um, were looking at step 10, and we're talking about living in the land of recovered and what it's like to live in a place of recovery. It's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do. So here's a risk for alcohol is a subtle foe. That's what this book tells us over and over. Cunning, baffling, and here it tells us a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. And that's what I want to talk about. Recovery is a pardon. It's a temporary suspension. They call it a reprieve. It's a stay of execution because we were on death row. I was on death row, and I have been given a daily reprieve, a stay of execution, contingent on the maintenance of a spiritual condition, my spiritual condition. On the bottom of page 35, we saw the story of Jim, and he tells us that he made a beginning in that bottom paragraph. He made a beginning, but it goes on to tell us, all went well for a time but he failed to enlarge his spiritual life. And we're being told over and over as we read through these pages that as we reach the land of recovery, it's imperative that we enlarge our spiritual life. And that's what step 11 is going to do. And we're even told if we go to the bottom of page 14, it tells us, this is Bill's story. My friend emphasized the absolute necessity of, of demonstrating these principles In all our affairs, particularly was an imperative to work with others as he had worked with me. Faith without works was dead, he said. And how appallingly true for the alcoholic. And here it is. For if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge, enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, He could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. If he did not work, he would surely drink again. And if he drank, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed. And so this paragraph, what we're reading here, is we remember we're into action. The chapter is into action we just finished step 10 that we're being told, continue to look at the marbles rolling around in the pinball game of your head. And now as you move into step 11 and step 12, this paragraph is telling us we don't have a choice. It's imperative. We must continue to expand our spiritual foundation. Thanks for letting me share with that iPad.
0: Thank you, Sally. And Vasa O,
8: your turn. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Katie, for your service. And I'm Vasa O, Recover Compulsive Oviedo, calling from Foxboro, Massachusetts. And Step 10, we continue to take personal inventory, and when we wrong, promptly admitted it. And I've shared this many times before. The steps are laid out the way they're laid out for a reason, and it's followed the direction. The instructions are here. And, again, um, it is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our ro- roller, laurels. And uh, I didn't want to die. Uh, this is a gift from God for me and for all of us. We've been chosen. How many people out there suffering with a food addiction? And, I mean, look, at we are, like, on the phone bridge, there's, like, 300 sometimes. And there's so many people out there in the world, and I hear even from other countries here and there trying to reach out and see how we are recovering and how we saw people recover before us. And again, every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God will into all our actions. And for me, I hang on this program for my dear life. I don't want to die. Miserable and unhappy. When I die, when it's my time to die, I don't want to look back and say that I had regrets. And you know what? When I came to the program, I was dying gradually, physically, emotionally, and spiritually without even knowing I was doing it. And uh, I did come just to lose the weight, and I was just going to leave like any other programs I joined, you know? But I thank God I sat and listened and listened, and it's repetition. I do the same thing over and over, every single day. I get on my knees. I thank God for what he's given to me and how I can be service to others. That is my mission today, to help others that want the program, that want to work it. And uh, again, it's a gift from God and I just don't want to throw it away. I want to keep it going. Just It's like a ripple. What we have been so given so generously for nothing. God has given it to me for nothing. All these people here that have supported me, sponsored me, it was, from the, it was a gift from them. They were not looking for money. They were not looking for nothing else. And I do the same thing today. I love spending the time with people that want the program. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you,
0: Vasa. Who else would like to share on this paragraph before we maybe move on? This is Janice. Okay, Janice P. Anyone else? Anita Janice. J. Okay, Anita Hi, J. Naomi J. Naomi B. Naomi B. Sarah
11: yes. W. Thank you.
0: Sarah W. Okay, that's good. Janice P., your
12: turn. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Janice P., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You know, it's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action. It's easy, they tell us. You know, but but I, I just have to tell you this morning that I just love the enthusiasm, the passion for this program that I hear on this line, in this meeting. You know, we, we encourage each other and we help each other by communicating that passion, that enthusiasm for the program. You know, I am, I am always lifted up by that. But, you know, we are all, oh, so human. You've probably heard me say that a million times. We are all, oh, so human. We're not superhuman and we're not subhuman. You know, we are oh so human. So this paragraph applies to me. It applies to me. You know, it's easy, they say. Why is it easy? Because I have the mind of a chronic alcoholic, a chronic compulsive overeater. You know, that's, that's how my mind works. But I am given, I am given a gift if I want it and if I'm willing to work it. It's a design for living. The big book says it works under all conditions. It's a design for living. And it's a way of life. So once you're in, if you're like me, once you're all in, like me, then one day at a time, this way of life is always available. You know, I... I love that. I don't know if anybody's ever seen that movie, March of the Penguins, um, the documentary, where all these penguins are in this huge huddle. It's in bitterly, bitterly cold weather. And they keep moving. The inner moves to the outside edge, and the outside ones move to the inside. It's a constant motion. So everyone is helped. Everyone is together. Everyone relies on each other. And that's this way of life. You know, I rely on those of you who have recovered and I rely on those of you who are new. Because if I don't have anybody to carry the message to, then I can't have this
7: spiritual program of action
12: because it's a program of action. And and I heard that from the very beginning. I cannot keep what I'm not willing to give away. Because we're not cured, it says, but that daily reprieve is contingent on my experience with you, with you, being on this line, being lifted up, set on my feet, hearing the passion, the enthusiasm, the experience. And then I carry this message. You know, I carry this message to the best of my ability, one day at a time, because I need that daily reprieve, but I need it to work for me today, and so I've got to work it today. You know, it says that we can work this thing, and our willpower, when it's in line with our higher power, then it's the proper use of my will. And then, miraculous things happen. I'm given these shifts in my perception. I can see things differently, because you help me with that. You help me with that. So, I'm going to continue to watch today for that dishonesty, for that selfishness for those resentments, for those fears, because when they crop up, I have a way to deal with them. I have you. I have my circle of support. And then I have new people who I can say, this has been my experience. It's working for me today. And if you want what I have, I'll bend over backwards to give it to you because that's what was done for me. So it's this beautiful circle of recovery that continues again and again. And I am oh so human. Trust me, I am oh so human. Filled with human, human characteristics. But they self-correct when I'm in this process, when I stay in the stream.
0: when I'm there with all of you, it works. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Janice P. Jay, your
13: turn. Did you call on me? This is Anita.
0: Yes, I did.
13: Okay, I was unmuting. This is Anita J., a recovered compulsive overreader reader in Massachusetts. And when I read this paragraph, I jump to a sentence at the end of working with others. And it's this. After all, our problems were of our own making. Bottles were only a symbol. Besides, we have stopped fighting anybody or anything. We have to, and it's the we have to, is why I am doing all this work. And um, I now have something to protect. I have a recovery that that includes having those promises come true. They are not just something I used to read. Who will read this? All right, I'll read it at a meeting. It's who, who wants to live it? I, it's just been an amazing turnaround on my life. And yet, every single day, not every single day, some days are worse than others. All my character defects came out on Sunday. I knew some would, and so I did a lot of work before. Spoke to an old sponsor. I first wrote the whole thing. Finally, I got the insights. And I thought, I'm now on my way. Well, it got me halfway, and new things came. And it's just, that's why we have that pause. That's why we have to keep asking God. That's why we have prayers for all day long, all day long, because it's, it's a gift every day, but sometimes there I go in the middle of the day forgetting. Because I come from a background of that's enough. You've done enough. And you know what that got me? 36 years of, um, I think two years and nine months was my longest abstinence and what goes with it, although what went with it was nothing like this. It's incredible. If we could just get somebody to really see that, and yet um, when we're ready, we'll be ready. And I am so grateful that I was finally, finally ready. And um, that's become really my new mission in life is to pass it on. It's, it's something to pass. I used to think I had something to pass on. Well, it was nothing like the quality of what I have now. And um, I don't want to throw it away. It's It's been hard fought and hard won. And yet there it was all along once I turned around and saw Anita, it's been here for you all this time. Just give up, will you? So I surrendered and I'm following and trying to keep uh trying to keep living the message. That's all I can do and God will do the rest. And I pass.
11: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Anita. Naomi B,
11: your turn. Did you say Naomi? I was unmuting myself. Yes, Naomi. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Katie. Thank you for your service. This is Naomi be a recovered compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. Good morning, visionaries and my family. Well, the, uh, this paragraph is just, okay, what we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. So I'm setting myself up with this warm and toasty, wonderful blanket around me, God's blanket around me to keep me safe and to keep me secure for what reason for what reason is because we're headed for trouble if we do for alcohol before alcohol is a subtle foe subtle means sly elusive clever devious barely obvious obvious and that's that's the key if i have god's blanket around me and I'm secure and wrapped in his arms, then these little seepage of this disease will not get in. I have to saturate my brain every day with God, with God and with helping others and giving it away that was so richly and so freely, freely given to me. Because I'm a compulsive eater. I'm a food addict. And there are times I'm so tethered to God that, Something crazy will happen, and my brain will start going crazy, but God will pull me back. And I thought, okay, now i got to stop. Now I have to do the work. But this program really, really works, and I hear it over and over again. A sick mind cannot cure another sick mind, and how free do you want to get? How free do you want to be? I talk to people all the time about that, and that all, everything I need is in this book. I have a devotional book I read every morning, but everything is in this book. And this book is going to keep me out of food, and it keeps me being happy, joyous, and free, that I can give all this that was so freely given to me, given to someone else. Because I would be a very selfish person if I didn't. And um, in giving it away, I'm, I'm getting it back myself. Thank you for allowing me to share, and I pass. Thank you so much, Naomi. Sarah W., you're up.
4: Good morning,
14: Katie. Thank you for your service. Good morning, Vision, for you. Sarah W., a Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, the reason I wanted to share this morning is because I, I did rest on my laurels, um, and, you know, I thought I had this thing. So what I believe about that was that... Um, that I really didn't get it in my head that I am truly a compulsive overeater. I thought that somehow, someday, I would be a normal eater. And that, you know, a program like um, Weight Watchers or something like that would work for me. Um, And, you know, like it says on page 30, that's the great obsession, the illusion that somehow, someday I can eat like a normal eater has to be smashed. And I think the thought that comes to my mind is that, you know, as an addict, uh, I'm a very defiant personality. Um, and what I learned a long time ago is defiance, when I'm defiant, I can't be God-reliant. And, um, you know, I I was thinking that, um, you know, that restless, irritable, and discontent uh, is what happens to all of us, Um you know, somehow something's not going our way, and that's when the 10-step needs to be used. And it really does take a lot of humility for me to go and to say just, you know, first to ask God to help me uh, and say, you know, you know, I realize that I'm, I'm either being selfish or I'm being resentful or I'm being self-seeking or fearful, and to take ownership of it, and instead of looking at it as a humiliation look at it with humility and say, I need help. And, you know, with the ego, that's very hard to do. And so I have to get to a place where, as other people stated, I'm human. And all of us on this line have the same stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't just get totally ripped away. We don't become perfect. We always have stuff that comes up. Sometimes it's less, sometimes I can go a week without anything. But most of the time I have a few times a week I have to do a ten step, and that's just part of what i do and If I want to stay you know not only a hundred pounds thinner but in my head, if I want to be free of the idea that um, that I can either eat or that I can be angry in this world and unhappy, you know I need to keep doing this work and it's a joy today because You know, I get to be right-sized and be just like the rest of you and not feel like I have to either be better than or less than to walk through this world. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm grateful that the food doesn't pull me in. But if I fail to do these things, it will. It has. And it is progressive. It is very progressive. What I came in as was not what I came back as. I was way beyond that. So I'm I'm so grateful for the program today and I invite anybody that's struggling to just put one foot in front of the other and start working the steps diligently and and work it like your life depends on it and it will happen for you and with that I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And we have time for about three more shares on this paragraph. This is Larry. Larry. Chelsea. Chelsea. Anyone else? Larry? Yeah, I got you, Larry. Okay, we'll have Larry, Chelsea, and Carolyn, and then we'll be done. Okay, go ahead, Larry. Thank you.
4: Hi, this is Larry,
15: uh, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. Thanks, uh, Katie, so much for your service. You know, this this whole process, I, I love what we're reading here because this whole process of change you know, (laughs) what are we being changed from? We're moving from a self-centered consciousness to a God-centered consciousness. And we have, we have, you know, a track to run on, so to speak. We have a a means of moving from that. And, you know, we all know what that feels like. We know, I I remember what the self-centered existence felt like. It's not, it's not that I never think of self anymore, that I, you know, that somehow I've been, you know, uh, set on a, a course of perfection, that not, no way. I mean, uh, calamity is either in our life now or it's on its way. But, but you know, i learned so too is the ability to transcend those calamities. But what happens in a, a, when we have the, the God-centered consciousness now as the result of these steps that we've had this spiritual awakening is you know, is, is in the midst of that calamity, in the midst of, of those challenges, whatever we're facing, because everyone has their challenge this morning, whatever it is, uh, some are, you know, smaller, some major, major, major challenges. But whatever it is, when you come through this process, what it feels like to me is that I'm no longer alone. I'm no longer, I'm literally no longer alone. It's not a figurative thing for me. It's not simply a conceptual thing. Somehow, being brought through this process, I know that I'm not alone. That there's a peace and a serenity that I feel that can get me through any challenge. And when the challenges come, not if they come, they're going to come. When they come, I trust in God. And how do I turn my will and my life over to the care of God? I do that as in my action and my thinking. I ask for God. I literally ask for God, the God of my own understanding this power, because I agreed at the, at the outset of this program that you know that there would be, that I came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. So now I, I, I believe that that God has my back, that that God of my own understanding will get me through it, any challenge. And so now there's a peace, there's a serenity, the food, there's a neutrality, but most important that the service you know, and giving to others that not only do I, do I know that I need to do it, so there's some sort of an obligation if I want to keep this thing, but it's more than that. This is the weirdest thing for me. I want to do it. That's how I've been changed. That's how I know. That's the truth of the change for me. I want to to share um, this with others, and that's not who I was before. I can tell you that, that if there was something not in if there wasn't something in it for me, um, that, you know, I wasn't going to engage in it. So what I would tell anybody, uh, the same thing that was told to me is to stay on this pathway, lean into the steps. The answers are in the steps. And thank God for our boss and others That'll pass.
0: Thank you, Larry. And so we'll have Chelsea and then Marilyn, please. Go ahead, Chelsea.
6: Thank you, and thanks for your service, Katie. This is Chelsea. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater for today. And I want to reach out to what my instructions are in this paragraph because that's how I really look at the book. And it's saying to me that every day is a day that I must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. So that means even off when I hang up off this line, that's going to include that as well. And um, from having done the work up to this point, I've I've already dealt with what the God of my understanding is. Um, I've had a shift in thinking that has changed my ideas, emotions, and attitudes enough to where now there's room to get clarity from whatever the mystery is at the end of it all to guide me. That's my new compass now. I'm no longer writing the shows and directing people. I'm not directing the ballet, the lights, and all that as much as I'd love to. But the thing is, is that I will be allowed to exercise my will, it tells me, so long as I keep these thoughts in mind that how can I best serve thee, thy will, not mine, be done. So for me, as I read that information, and the book has already told me that don't let spiritual terms and I don't have to um, let different spiritual things um, upset me or, or um, cause me not to receive the message that I need to receive. So, in my mind, I'm here saying that thy will and mine be one because that works for me. Because I feel like as long as I am centered, placed in where I've been placed in neutral, I can carry the message. And the message is that whatever God has in store for me at that moment, I live in it. Because I'm living a life without expectation, so I don't know what God's vision is. I need to suit up and show up and be prepared to live in it, whatever it is, and, and whomever it involves or whatever it involves. So for me, it has to do with turning over my will every time, and that goes back to um, turning over my will, saying that self is going to do this, self is going to do this, because now it's not about the food for me. Because my disease is compulsive overeating, and the book just told me that compulsive overeating is a subtle foe, And I'm not cured from compulsive overeating. I get a stay of execution, provided that my spiritual condition is fit. And how do I fit that? By staying others-centered, which is where God of my understanding lives and resides, or, and, and staying away from self. I'm no longer running the show now, and um, I've had a revolutionary change in my ideas, emotion, and attitude, so my shift in thinking will allow me to be open and willing to follow whatever the dictates of the day is. So thanks for letting me share, and I so appreciate everyone, and I pass.
0: Thank you so much. And Marilyn, um, if you want to share for one minute or else you wait until the second hour. I'll I'll share quickly. Um, Thank you. uh,
16: This is Marilyn from Cleveland. It's easy to let up on the spiritual program and rest. I've had like a pound weight loss. And even then you start getting ideas. Oh, (laughs) see, I got it. But then at the end of the meal, it starts to call. You know what? You're doing great. Just one more. It's healthy. Go get it. But that moment of grace, that moment when we say, "Uh, I'm not going to be able to help others if I even have this, because it's not the apple, it's the decision you just made that more is okay. And I have to carry that vision of God's will into everything I do, ending the meal, getting out of the house to help somebody else, making dinner for my kids, whatever it is. How can I best serve you? Thy will not mine, be done. Or, you know, Jesus, I trust in you. Thy will be done. Um, I need to use my will to trust God, to uh, take that magic moment at the end of the meal to think about the struggle for a moment versus the other garbage the rest of the day that will come into my head. And I have to talk about selfishness dishonesty, resentment, and fear, because those are the things that take away that moment of grace, and if I just ask for God's help, he'll give it to me if I'm not focused on those bad, selfishness, dishonesty things. It's good to be back. I've been gone for a little bit from this morning meeting. It fills me up and gives me the spirit to stay abstinent through the day. Thank you, everybody, and I
14: pass.
0: Thank you so much, and thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Julie R. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
7: Hi, this is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to ask. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Pass. You you left a
0: little bit off.